Hey friends, before we start the show, I wanted to introduce you guys to EM Media and Video. They are local to Philadelphia. They are great for filming video productions for commercials, and they do audio voiceovers for radio commercials as well, amongst a slew of other helpful promotional production needs. So if you want to reach out to them, call 267-528-7890 to get your quote today. Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is tired of making jokes at the beginning of the show, so I'm not doing it today. Today on the show, I want to share kind of a different thing. I want to play with sharing some ideas of how I've taken poker strategy and adapted it to my freelance career and self-care in the process. Um, So I want to kind of break down sort of five main tips on this episode to kind of I just want to gauge interest and see if you guys are interested in this sort of thing as I move towards like sharing more creative stuff mixed in with mental health stuff and managing your career and managing freelancing and all of that stuff. So I played poker since I was 19 years old and I feel like I've got a ton of advice, a ton of things that I've learned from the poker experience that I've translated into my freelance career. And I think that could help a lot of you guys that are listening to utilize these strategies to to better your freelance career and your sense of discipline and all of that stuff. So let's break it down to here, to here, to here, to here, here today on dopamine. Let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, all right welcome to the show hope you guys are doing okay happy Tuesday, I guess it's, yeah, I mean, I'm just releasing these episodes on Tuesdays, Um, but if you're a Patreon person, if you're one of the Patreon supporters, you're listening to this a few days ahead of time. Basically, whenever I'm done recording these episodes, I am posting the full thing on Patreon before it goes up on the public RSS feed. So if you go to Patreon and support, I think it's as little as five bucks, maybe even a dollar. I forget what I actually said on there, but if you support you have access to ad-free episodes. So if you're annoyed by the ads because I need to make a living, <laughs> you can you can help support me over at patreon.com slash dopamine and listen to the episodes there. So I appreciate you for being here. And, um, you know, today I wanted to talk about sharing some of my lessons that I've learned from poker over the years that I, I haven't played in a while, but like, once you really get embedded into the poker culture, it's like you don't really learn how to not be a poker player anymore. You just kind of get rusty. And uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at uh, in my life, where I still use poker strategy all the time in my day to day life. And I want to share some of that with you guys. Now, it's just, I'm going to speak from like a layman's perspective. So if you've never played poker, you really don't need to understand how to play poker to understand some of this advice. It's really just applying it to a different framework. And I want to play with it. 
because this is one of the book ideas that I have of using poker strategy to give freelance advice, to be a freelancer. And, um, you know, being a freelancer is really difficult, especially when you're dealing with mental health challenges and you have to manage your energy and your time. I think anyone who is going into freelance has a difficulty with managing, you know, how they are behaving you know, within themselves. I mean, you're your boss, you are your own boss, you have to take the breaks that you need to take on your own esteem, you're not living on a schedule, you might be working around your client schedule, in some ways, but uh, you're not working a job. So you need to manage how and when you work when your peak energy is and kind of learn, um, you know, when, when are the best times for you. And that kind of leads into the first bit of advice, which is generally about managing your energy, because poker players know that if they were to let themselves go, that we could probably sit at the poker table for 12, 14, 16, 24 hours at a time. Like it's a game that just, it's like an addicting routine. And I think sometimes freelance can get, can become an addicting routine in the sense that, you know, you get used to a nine to five grind and then you get into freelance and you start to kind of adapt the same kinds of principles. And you might wake up and start your day at nine o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever, and wrap your day around five or 6 p.m. Same thing as like you would a regular nine to five work job schedule. And, you know, if you were not having so now that you have to basically work on your own and set your own schedule that means you have to take your own breaks you have to know when to stop you have to know when to get some water when to go get some lunch when to take meetings when to manage your energy throughout the day you're gonna have days where you're not feeling mentally in it you're gonna have days where you're not able to physically focus you might have days where you need to go to a different situation or go to a different scenario or you might have days where you might not be able to sit at the table and do the freelance thing for the day you're just gonna have to negotiate with yourself and find times when you can't do it and times when you can do it like that's up up to you to determine the, the best course of action in relation to that. So it's the same thing as like when you sit down at the poker table and you're there for a long session, you have to make sure that you're getting yourself fed, that you have to stop and use the bathroom, that you have to allow yourself the greatest opportunity to be of the greatest mental focus that you have. Because, you know, similar to poker, you're going to have to be diligent every single hand. You're not just waiting for the right cards to show up. You're looking for opportunities at every turn. And it's the same thing with freelancing. You have to manage your energy in terms of the work that you have to do. You have to manage your energy in terms of your promotional material. You have to write emails. You have to write blogs. You have to create podcasts. You have to do all sorts of things and listen to yourself. Listen to the energy within your body that is telling you which things fit with you right now. Like I wasn't going to record this podcast today, but something came up where I had to record a updated sponsor for this. And I was like, you know what, let me just record this podcast real quick, uh, real quick, meaning like an hour, but it's still like, okay, this was on my list let me knock it out. Let me do this. But while I'm doing this, I'm recognizing that this is something that is going to be taking away from the money that I'm making. But at the same time, it's going to replenish my energy because it allows me to talk for a little while, allows me to kind of like stop focusing on just working. And I can really use more of my flow state in this sort of way. So I'm not only managing my time in terms of like feeding myself and self care and all of that stuff, but I'm managing a variety of flow states that kind of fit within my framework. Being an INTP, I'm someone that I'm an introverted thinker and extroverted intuitive. So I like to I like to bounce between topics and 
I can't focus for very long on long-term repetitive tasks. Like that's really, really difficult. So if I can take one hour, do one particular thing, one hour, do a podcast episode, one hour, write some uh, social posts or something, and just kind of split up my day in a way that fits my energy level. Or if I, you know, if after I've done this podcast, if I'm like, you know what, I need to go for a walk. I need to go exercise. I need to go to a coffee shop. I need some caffeine. I need something, right? You just got to listen to yourself and Part of that could be just giving yourself checkpoints throughout the day, uh, every half hour, every 15 minutes, every hour, whatever works for you and really assessing that, especially when you're early on in your freelance career and you haven't developed an intuition around that idea and intuition around listening to your energy, writing it in a setting alarms or writing some sort of list down to make sure that you're checking in with yourself or going through this list every day to check in with all of those particular needs. I think is going to help you to make sure that you are performing at to the best of your ability, right? So that's really where it's at. Self-care is about, you know, learning how to manage your brain energy so that you can perform at your absolute best. Because again, if you're freelancing, you are the one that's doing the thing. Like you are in control. You are in charge of the output and how much money you make, right? You have to determine if you decide to take time off, like I'm taking time to do this, I'm putting, I'm leaving money on the table, but I'm recharging my energy so that when I go back to make more money, I can do that at a much quicker rate. And therefore sort of the balance of time to money ratio kind of balances itself out, you know? So that, that, I hope that kind of makes sense there. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is surveying the scene. So when you sit down at the poker table for the first time, and this is really about kind of life in general. But when you when you sit down at the poker table for the first time, one of the first things that you do is sort of make judgment calls as to who is at the table and basically look at who are the biggest opportunities, who are most likely to be the players that are not going to be very good. You have to look at uh, where they are in relation to your situation, to where you're sitting. And you have to assess who is going to be overly aggressive, who is going to be maybe a bit of a nit, which means they're going to be like not betting as much. And really assess where they fall in relation to where you are and how that relates to the freelance world is that you need to be diligent in every room that you enter to look for where the opportunities are. And sometimes that means online in terms of groups or Twitter or wherever that you're communicating with some sort of a community and looking for the opportunities. Because one of the other lessons that we're going to dive into in a little bit is about chipping away every single day at some of your goals and making yourself available to bigger opportunities. The way that you do this is by surveying the scene and being aware of where the opportunities lie. So that means if you are taking some time to go through your Facebook list and say like, okay, which one of my friends have businesses that could potentially be targets for me? Which people on Twitter are people that could be potential targets? And I don't mean DM them and bug them and harass them, but I mean, just be aware, just, just know uh, who those people are so that when you're commenting on their stuff and you're just liking their posts and you're just kind of like making yourself known to them so that when they need something from you, they can come to you. It's about creating awareness. So if you were able to plant some seeds over time to let this person know what your skills are and what your availability is, then when they need you, they'll come to you. 
right? So making sure that your message is out there, their message is available to them. And again, it's not about shoving it down their throat and saying like, do you need work? Do you need something? Because I could do it right now. It's like, no, they're not going to, they're going to be ready when they're ready. They'll come to you when they're ready, but they need to just know that you're the person that they can come to, right? Same way that when someone is sitting at the poker table and they just look like someone who is, they look or behave or act or play like someone that is going to be an easy target, then they are someone that you're going to keep an eye on for when they make mistakes so that you can pounce on it, right? In the same way that when you're you're keeping an eye on someone who is on your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed or Instagram who are, you know, potential targets and you just kind of keep an eye on them. And you like their posts, you comment on some things. And then whenever the, when the iron strikes hot and there's an opportunity for you, for them to say like, Hey, I need a designer. Um, you know, I need to design business cards or I need to do this. You know, you can just say like, Hey, message me about it. Let's talk. And they'll be like, Oh, I know this guy. He's been liking a bunch of my stuff or he's been commenting on stuff or we've had a conversation and you know, he seems like a nice person. He seems trustworthy, no like and trust. And, um, you know, you can, you can connect with them and that's exactly how that works. So surveying the scene is really just about knowing where your opportunities are. Um, so the next one that I kind of mentioned is, uh, chipping away while waiting for big opportunities. Now, one of the things that like amateur poker players kind of get wrong is waiting too long for the right opportunities. Like you're just basically looking for pocket aces or you're looking for the big cards so that you can have a guaranteed win. And yeah, you can do that, but you're also making it very obvious that you have a big hand if you're simply just waiting for a big hand and you're probably not going to get paid as much (laughs) because you're going to be playing scared, not putting as much money out there um, and not maximizing your opportunity when that opportunity comes. So one of the things that I really like about poker strategy is the concept of chipping away and you're chipping away by bluffing by playing small bluffs, stealing the blinds, um, doing little things to just make little bits of money here and there at a time, win small pots, um, you know, play marginal hands in, in certain situations, which again is like more advanced poker stuff. But in terms of freelance stuff, it's like taking smaller gigs from a variety of different clients. And that means you can just do an hour long gig every once in a while. If you have an hourly rate, like 30, 40, 50 bucks or something like that, Somebody comes along that needs a really simple business card and you don't need to do all of the printing. You don't need to do whatever. You just need to design it and put it together. And that'll literally take you an hour or two. You can quote them 60 bucks, which I know to a lot of designers sounds crazy to just charge 60 bucks for that. But if you're good and you can knock it out in two hours, then yes, it's not going to cost them a lot of money. It's not going to cost you a lot of time. It's going to make sense and you're going to be chipping away at that stuff, right? So that's why in terms of being diligent and looking for your particular sort of um, clients, you're going to be looking for all sorts of opportunities in all different places. Because if you have just one big client and they, for some reason, get rid of you, it's the same thing as having a job and someone walking to your desk and saying you're fired and then you're screwed. You don't have a freelance career anymore, right? So chipping away at all sorts of little jobs allows for that to stack up so that when you get the big chip stack, when something opportunity comes your way, you are ready to take it on because you know what your rate is, you know what your availability is, you have plenty of opportunities for things to show them in terms of all the small work that you've been doing. You look active and busy, and that makes you attainable in terms of, um, or or, um, valuable to people by showing that you are busy and you are capable, right? 
So chipping away so that when the big opportunities come, you are ready to tackle them in the same way that if you have if you're chipping away at the poker table and you get all sorts of chips and you have like all say you start with two hundred dollars and you're chipping away and because of chipping away, you have now you have three hundred and fifteen dollars over the course of 40 minutes of just chipping away at stealing blinds and and uh, running small bluffs here and there, looking for opportunities, seeing when someone's lying and, you know, taking advantage of that. And now you have three hundred and fifteen dollars and then you get a big hand against another big stack and. They also have $300. You guys get it all in. You win because you have the best hand and you have the best capable hand and you double that stack. Now, when you would have had $200 before, if you had not chipped away, you would have been losing money with all the hands that you were playing. You might get down to $100. And by the time that big opportunity came and you put $100 in the pot, you would only double up to $200. But since you were chipping away, and you went up to 315 and now you doubled 315 you've got 630 like holy crap that's a massive difference and in terms of your energy in terms of your freelance career in terms of the work that you're doing it operates on a very similar plane it's a very simple similar energetic change exchange that happens when you're firing on all cylinders in your freelance career and then suddenly out of nowhere some big opportunity comes along and you're ready to take it on and you have the resources you have the capability and they are ready to pay you more money because they see how valuable valuable you are to the industry as a whole does that make sense i hope it does because it does to me and it's really what's been working for me lately so we're gonna take a quick break and talk about the last two little bits of advice about using poker strategy for your freelance career all right i keep using this music because i think it's really good transition music so why fix what's not broken right it's good so as we continue along our path of sharing poker advice as a means to help you understand some freelance advice that I'm going to give you here on this episode or have been giving you on this episode. Uh, The next thing that I want to talk about is playing nice with your neighbors. And that translates to essentially playing nice with your peers. That means sharing all sorts of advice and jobs and tips and techniques with other designers, other creators, other people in your field, whether you're a photographer, you're an artist, you're a creator, you're whatever it is that you do. There's no reason for you to hold all of your secrets to your vest. Like there's just no reason at all. Like your clients, the people that you are working with, if you are of the caliber that you claim to be, then you are not going to compete with anyone. You have no competition Also, there is an abundance of opportunity out there. So, you know, you might live in a small town, sure, but there's opportunity all over the world with the Internet and the way that it is. Right. You can find clients on Craigslist. You can find clients all throughout the blogosphere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. Right. As long as you're properly putting your name out there and sharing it with people, you have opportunity And this is the golden age of opportunity for you to reach out. So playing a defensive strategy of holding yourself to 
in, in order to try to wait for the right opportunity again, like we talked about, or, or playing nice in a way that's, um, or, or rather not playing nice and kind of steamrolling your partners and the people that are going to be maybe helping you get, get uh, more work is not going to benefit you. So let me, let me pull this back real quick and talk about it in relation to poker strategy. So when you're Poker strategy is all is important to consider your placement at the table, meaning there's a dealer button that goes around the table and to the left of the dealer button, there are two uh, blinds, which are basically antes. They call them blinds because you have to put money in the pot before you even know what your cards are. That's how the game gets going every time, right? So there's money in the pot already to fight for from before the cards are even dealt. And that position of the button changes every single hand. And that means that your position at the table changes with every single hand. That means sometimes it's going to be more or less important, depending on where you are, you know, to to play certain hands. And now that makes your neighbors also incredibly important. So the table runs clockwise. So the person to your right is always going to operate before you. And the person to your left is always going to operate after you. And there are very few instances only when you have the dealer button or the person to your left or right has the dealer button where that's going to be disrupted. For the most part, you're going to be playing with the person to your right going first and the person to your left going after you. So how does that benefit you? That means that the person to your right is going to be making an action before you. That means if you're playing nice with the person to your right and they have a really good hand, they are more likely to make it obvious to you, the person to your left, because they have favoritism, they have bias because everyone has favoritism and bias, that they are most likely, unless they're a very good player, they're most likely to let you know very obviously that they have a good hand. It's almost like a kick under the table, like, hey, don't play this hand. I've got a good one, right? And it's the same thing with the guy on your left. If you raise a pot and he to your left understands the way that you play the game and they respect you as a person and you have good conversation, then they are less likely to raise over the top of you just to mess with you, right? They're going to raise if they've got the goods also. So you can have a good opinion of each other based on mutual trust and respect and understanding. You're only going to raise if they actually do have a very good hand. And therefore you can respect and listen to each other as a little bit of a mini community. It's kind of in the same way that when you're a freelancer, you're trying to build a mini community of people that are going to love and respect and support you. And sometimes they'll give you jobs. Sometimes they'll say they have a really good big gig and they need an assistant and they want someone, they want you to come along with them. Or you might have something, you might have the best hand and you might want to bring them along with you, or you might want to protect them in some sort of way and give them, you know, a job, right? Some, so I don't know where this, this mindset comes from where, I don't know, maybe it's like art school or something where you're like kind of told to protect your assets. But really, if you're building a community of creators, of people that are doing similar work to you, especially if you've got like, if you're a piece of a puzzle of a big picture project, then you can collaborate much more easily with people and be able to connect on a certain level. But if you're continuing to like push people away and not give people opportunities, then they're going to come over top whenever which means they're going to raise you for no good reason other than just to disrupt you. Um, you're going to create all sorts of friction between you and your neighbors. So play nice with your neighbors because that's going to be creating much more opportunity for you. And they're actually going to be 
There's another way to look at it, too, is that when there are sharks at the table, when meaning that there are other players that are good at the table, sharks don't eat each other. They just don't. Sometimes they get into big hands because they they have no choice. And there's like difficult opportunities, right? Like two people have a really big hand and, you know, they don't want to they, they, they want to miss the opportunity. Right. But every once in a while, uh, two sharks will get into a hand and they'll just play it slow and they'll just not even put a lot of money in the table because they're not trying to take money from each other. You're trying to take money from the, f- the fishies, <laughs> right? So you're trying to get money from local businesses who need help. And that means you and your fellow sharks need to be working together to get that money. There's a reason it's called Shark Tank, the show, right? <laughs> so, um, and while we wrap this up, we're going to go on to the last one. And that is understanding the luck factor. And while poker is very much a game of skill, and probability, there is a luck factor. And freelance also involves a bit of a luck factor. And I think, again, that this kind of aligns with chipping away at everything, meaning putting as much energy out there as possible to um, do all sorts of good small gigs, maybe sometimes some free gigs, like something that's going to be beneficial for you and someone else and creating community. Um, Basically, if you are gelling on all of these ideas, managing your energy, surveying the scene, chipping away while waiting for big opportunities and uh, playing nice with your neighbors, you're going to increase the luck factor. You're going to increase your probability of getting good, good gigs and good opportunities and creating connection points for you to be able to work with someone at any given time, you know, because if you're not doing any of those things, then you're just literally waiting for luck to happen to you. You're just waiting for a piece of mail to show up (laughs) in 2019 that tells you that you've won the lottery or that you've gotten the best freelance gig possible. And that's just not how any of this works at all. You need to continue to keep putting your energy out there in the world to increase the probability that you have of having something come back to you. And it's the same thing with poker. There are incredible probabilities and odds when it comes to certain cards coming out at certain times or certain behaviors happening at certain times. But if you understand those probabilities and you understand those odds that you can wait for the right opportunities, you can you can make sure that you're taking care of yourself so you can use the clearest amount of thinking that you have and you can chip away at the small opportunities so that they can add up to big opportunities, playing nice with your neighbors, surveying the scene, you know, looking who the fishes are, who the sharks are, and looking for the greatest opportunities and really expanding your potential as you're, as you're playing the game. You know, probability doesn't, again, improving probability doesn't mean playing every hand. That is a misnomer. So, And that means also the same thing with promoting your work and putting yourself out there. You don't have to do every little thing to promote yourself. You know, people are telling you, you need to go on every social platform. You do not need to go on every social platform. You just need to know where your people are and go to them. You need to have a direct line between who you are and your fishies, (laughs) you know? So you need to, again, that's why it's important to survey the scene and know who your targets are, because if you know where they are, where they reside, where they spend their time, then you can do the most direct damage to that client, (laughs) you know? Um, So you can, you can have that connection point with them whenever they need it. And you're going to be available to them when they are ready, not necessarily at every turn. Again, playing every hand is kind of the equivalent of seeing, uh, friending someone on Facebook randomly and then messaging them about your services 
every single time. That's playing every hand. And that means you're going to be losing probability points. You're going to be losing money because that person is going to say, this guy's so sleazy. He keeps trying to bug me about his business. And then they tell their friends and they tell their friends and they tell their friends. And that again, ruins your odds of being able to get the jobs that you need. So again, it's not about playing every hand. It's looking for the right hands at the right time against the right people with the greatest opportunity while you're also taking care of yourself. So let me review all of this because it's a lot, but I think this is all incredibly important. And this is stuff that is, again, lended to my understanding of my freelance career. And this is something I want to kind of put into book form. So if this is something that resonates with you, please leave me a voice message here on anchor or hit me up at let's go see notes, because I would love to hear your feedback on this. This would really help me determine if this is something that I should really pursue. So I would really, really appreciate your feedback on that. I've had a few, had a few people listening uh, to the show and um, give me some feedback on, uh, on Instagram, which is really great. So thank you guys for reaching out to me. I really, really appreciate it. So just to recap what we talked about today, number one, managing your energy, getting up from the table when you need to, because you are a freelancer, you have, you are your own boss. That means you do not necessarily need to work nine to five. You can, and you don't need to be stuck or chained to your desk every day. That's something I'm working on also all the time. So making sure you're managing your energy, getting food, getting proper uh, sleep and, um, you know, just listening to your body, listening to your energetic needs and addressing them. Number two, surveying the scene, making sure that you are looking at every room, every opportunity, every situation and looking for who the fish are versus who the sharks are. You know, people that you should or should not be addressing or talking to or speaking to or uh, communicating with that could lead to potential prospects down the line. You don't need to play every hand. You just need to talk to the people that matter, right? So that's why I'm trying to like steer this podcast into a more niche direction because I only want to speak to the people that I actually want to speak to because long-term I'm trying to create books. I'm trying to create courses. I'm trying to create all sorts of things that create a bit of a mentorship using the dopamine brand. Right now I use, I, you know, freelancing is my career in terms of multimedia design or digital production. So I'm not actually selling anything to you directly right now, but I'm trying to figure out who my audience is. And, you know, right now I'm kind of in that surveying the scene part of this phase of dopamine development. Uh, number three is chipping away while waiting for big opportunities. So chipping away, doing small gigs and making sure that you're constantly doing a little bit of something here and there. That means not necessarily doing free work. Sometimes you could do free work if you're in control of the free work. Meaning if someone comes to you and say, I need something done for free, that's you don't, you can say no to that. But if you go to someone and say that is a potential prospect and say, I would love to offer you, I would love to do two free Facebook posts for you. Like, cause I, I like what you do and I would love to offer that. Right. That's a way in the door sometimes. And sometimes doing cheap gigs, you know, I'd have my vid 60 service locally. So for me, that's cheap 60 bucks for a 60 second video. I show up for an hour, I shoot video and then I edit for an hour. That's 30 bucks an hour. That's pretty cheap for a video, right? So that is disrupting the industry a little bit. And but it's still it's getting me in the door, it's chipping away so that when I have the big gig show up, like a friend that paid me 500 bucks for a longer video, then I can take on those jobs too. Right. And I, I'm preparing myself for those big things. So that's basically what that means. And then, um, 
playing nice with your neighbors, which is number four, playing nice with your neighbors is about understanding that the people around you are incredibly important. Your peers, the people that you're working with, not just the people that you're trying to serve, but the people that are also doing similar work to you and you might even be considered competitors, but you know, you're, there's just like an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. If you're living in a scarcity mindset, then you're going to assume that everyone else is going to get the work and you're not. And it really depends on number five, which is understanding the luck factor and improving your probability. And if you're doing all of those four previous things, you're going to consistently improve your luck possibilities. And really the luck factor, again, it doesn't mean that you need to play every single hand, that you should not be DMing every single person that you think is a prospect, but you should be planting seeds to let them know you exist, showing your work off on social platforms and talking about it, sharing it, uh, creating a podcast, doing all sorts of things that you can to put your word out there to let people know why you're here and what you're doing so that you can improve the odds and possibilities for the cards that you need to land on the table, right? So hopefully that made sense to you, especially as people who, you know, if you don't, don't know anything about poker, I would be extra fascinated to know if any of this resonated with you and if it made sense at all. So because that's part of what I want to do for the poker book is this idea of helping people to understand freelancing through the means of poker strategy, because that has been big for my growth in all sorts of areas of life. And I was going to do a poker strategy book about like general life advice, but doing this in relation to in relation to freelancing, I think is a far more interesting and direct idea for me to play with. So, you know, dopamine still an ever expanding brand. I'm trying to play with what this means, what it does on YouTube. I'm doing INTP specific content on here. I'm going to be playing with throwing in some creativity along with the mental health discussion and self care. And, um, you know, seeing who this resonates with, because I'm still surveying the scene and trying to figure out uh, who are my people, who am I going to connect with and who are who am I going to, you know, get some work from and all that stuff. So I hope all of this made sense to you guys. Um, if you have any questions, again, hit me up uh, with a voice message here on Anchor. You can hit the link in the uh, in the bio. And then there's also um, let's go see note on all the social channels. I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter these days. So you can hit me up on there if you have any questions. And um, I think that's it. And if well, if you want to listen to future episodes of this, and uh, this is really my only selling point with dopamine at the moment. Well, two things I have a course, I have courses at dopamine.teachable.com. You can go check that out an INTP course and a Myers-Briggs course. And then um, if you want to leave some love on Patreon, patreon.com slash dopamine, you can get an unedited episode every week of this podcast before it airs on the public RSS feed. So ad free, no ads, just uncut me talking, none of the fluff and all the other things. Um, I mean, this stuff is still on there, but I mean, I'm not adding all of the, the, the ad segments in between and stuff. And um, there's other perks on there for higher tiers as well. So you can go check that out at patreon.com slash dopamine. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I had a lot of fun making this one. Um, I just, this is stuff that I've been thinking in my brain for a long time. And I've wanted to put this onto some sort of format. So I'm really excited to share this, to share this with you. Again, I would love your feedback. Hit me up at Let's Go C Note. And um, I think that's it for the day. I have to go do some stuff. Actually, I got to eat some lunch. And then I got to figure out some stuff to do. So I'm going to go do that. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. 
and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Just a reminder for you guys to go check out EM Media and Video by calling 267-528-7890. They are a way for you to do cheap commercial production uh, for video and for audio. They do voiceovers and can help you get into the market. So they primarily work in Philadelphia, but they can help you anywhere across the country. So again, 267-528-7890 to get your quote today. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. This has been a C-Note Media Production.